Welcome back to Hashtag Single with Jeanette Bonner. I am not a relationship expert or sex therapist. I'm just a regular New York City woman navigating the world as a single, independent feminist. Hashtag Single is about having honest conversations with other singles in today's device-obsessed culture. So I hope you'll join me on this interesting, challenging, and complex journey as we navigate the ins and outs of singledom. Welcome back to Hashtag Single, the place to be if you are a feminist struggling with the dating world as we know it, which we all are, aren't we? Uh, Just a little bit of an existential crisis for you for May, but I'm so excited because I found two new victims for you. I'm just kidding. They're not victims. They're wonderful, beautiful people. I did find two new wonderful singles who have agreed to actually come on to the same episode of my podcast. It is a true miracle. I'm very grateful. I'm so excited to introduce you to Annie. Annie, thank you so much for being here. Of course. Thanks for having me. And our voice of the patriarchy is Nathan. (laughs) I'm going to have so much fun with this. (laughs) (laughs) You should. You should. Um, So they don't know each other. They're both in different states. It's just like a virtual friendship all around. I met Annie on set and I met Nathan at a film festival, which makes me feel really famous. Um, But that's because both of you are badasses. And I'm so excited to have you in the collective same virtual space with me. Woo-hoo. So Nathan, it's time for you to shut up. Um, <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that to come out the way I did, but I did a little bit. Um, right, so if you to sit mute. back and listen, you may take notes. Um, you can mute yourself if you feel like it, but we don't mind hearing your laughter. Just you know, hold your thoughts and your opinions to yourself until we're ready for them. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Great. I unmuted myself. <laughs> Do it. Do what you need to do. If you have something um, to say, you can raise your hand. You can raise your hand and we'll think <laughs> we'll about it. letting you. Listeners won't see it, but we'll see it. <laughs> um, Annie. Yes. I'm very excited to have this conversation with you. We had we started this conversation in the I was going to say in the backseat of a dark car, mm. which is true. I was going to stop myself while I said that because it sounded creepy. But <laughs> let's let people think what they need to think. Um, yes, let's just let's just start at the beginning. Tell me where you're at in your single life, in your single journey. What brought you to this moment right now? <laughs> Fill me in. <laughs> I'm single, obviously. And uh, I, I'm one of those people who's more um, – I've never been one of those people who has to be dating someone all the time. I would rather be by myself and maybe lonely than just be like with another human just to have – a warm body in the vicinity. Um, I did recently, since I talked to you, I did join Bumble. Uh, Wait, you weren't on Bumble before? No, I wasn't on anything because the, I've, I've bounced around with some apps and stuff and, and websites in the past. And I just always would get tired of them um, because I found that there were so many people to wade through. I miss the days of like, going to a bar and there's someone and you look at them and they look at you and you kind of go, ha ha. And they go, ha ha. And then you make out or you don't or whatever. <laughs> like now there's so much to, to wade through with the, what do you call them? Your like profiles or pictures. What do they look like? What, what do they say? Do they use the right your, your and your and there and there and there? Because that's, bugs me um <laughs> yep I hear you. you know in real life you don't find that out until like at least the third or fourth date um but anyway so I, I just figured I would just be, do something proactive so I got back on Bumble and it's just been like a whirling cesspool of nothingness but not in a bad way I guess 
in, in, in what world is a whirling cesspool of nothingness awesome? Uh, I mean, it could be worse. I guess I'm leaving room. Oh, <laughs> it could be worse. Oh, my. Well, let me ask you this. Why did you choose Bumble of all of the dating apps? I, because, the only, because I'm not a gay man. Um, so that cut out a couple. And okay. <laughs> I thought that the Tinder, I guess, is another one, is, was a little more hookup-y. Okay. And I'm just not really into hookup-y at the moment. And I just don't know what the other ones are. <laughs> wow, you're like a newborn babe I, born into the world of dating apps. I am. I'm, I'm kind of into this idea. <laughs> this is fascinating. So someone had told you or you'd heard that Bumble was quote unquote, a good date. It's supposed app. to be the quote unquote good one for women because the woman has the power. Yes. You know, so yes, um, that was why. I think there's still a lot of yahoos on there. Just because the women have the power doesn't mean that all of a sudden the men, the caliber of men is like tremendously better. Yes. Yes. So. And so, okay. Talk to me about what has been, I want to know the difference between your expectation of it and what you've experienced so far. Um, I think I would say that the expectation is actually sadly lining up with what's happening. I So you had low expectations going I, I kind of did. I mean, I was I'm always hopeful. Listen, I always say I'm a hopeful romantic. Um, I dating myself, but uh Kathleen Turner in Romancing the Stone as Joan Wilder at the end of the movie says she's a her, her editor calls her a hopeless romantic, and she says, no, I'm a hopeful romantic. And I'm like, that's me. I'm hopeful. So I wasn't Yo, going in. Romantic the Stone is a really fucking good It movie. really is. <laughs> it holds up, too. Like, it's dated, but it still is so enjoyable to watch. Anyway. Oh, man, I love and that And I'm sorry, but um, Michael Douglas in the 80s was hunka hunka hottie McCotterson. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. As was she, though. Oh, yeah. That was, like, some good casting. That was, it's if you haven't, if anyone's listening to this and you're like, I don't even know what that movie is, find it somehow, watch it. Period. Yeah. Okay, but- I feel like you could find it on a VHS at like a text. I think probably. <laughs> I don't know how you'd play it, but you could probably find it. It's probably Laserdisc. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Anyway, I just to get back to the, the sad fact that my life is not like Kathleen Turner's in Romancing the Stone, um, which is great because it starts kind of mousy and ends up fabulous. Um, You know, I just figured that with a dating app, the pool is so broad that it just takes a heck of a long time to even find the people that I think I might have a good spark with. And then, then to try to message them back and forth. And even if it goes, I just, I just love that you like joined this being like, this is going to suck. And then it lived up to your expectations. Like I find that really fascinating. I, but I, I have to make it clear. I didn't go in thinking it was going to suck. I went in thinking, okay, well, this might suck, but it might be awesome. <laughs> I had but healthy skepticism. Is there anything um, that has pleasantly surprised you about your experience on it? Um, I guess that. Uh, no. <laughs> wow. I mean, I mean, there are, a, let's put it this way. I'm happy that there are a few people I find interesting. Yeah. But the percentage of people who come through the app, uh, you know, that are shown to me, um, when you swipe left, I guess, is the no. I hope. Otherwise, I'm swiping the wrong way. <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe. Wouldn't that be so great if this whole time you were doing it backwards and that's why it wasn't working? 
I, I wouldn't put it past myself. <laughs> You're like, I don't know why I'm not matching with any of these people. But all of a sudden, so all easy. of these people are into me. <laughs> no, I, I just, it's, it's, it's a, it's a lot of effort for not a lot of payback, I guess. And I yes. have enough going on in my life that um, it's, it was a nice little hum quiet. But I think I won't renew. Interesting. Do you think you do you think it's the app? Would you just try other dating apps or do you think all dating apps are broken? There's only one right answer and I know what it is. No, I'm kidding. I want to know your opinion. Um, I don't yeah, I I mean I like that you were laughing because I was like, well that would be great if there was one dating app that was like, we will find you the man. Then I would well, I would pay, pay 69.99 yeah. a month for that to happen. But um I don't know why I picked 69. I do. <laughs> Subconscious. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, I would – I don't think they're all broken, but I think they're all kind of cut from the same cloth, so I'm not really inclined to try a different one, I guess. Yeah. Um, I did have a little bit of success a couple of years ago with an actual matchmaker. So I would try that again. And then as the matchmaker is – because when I've done it, the women don't have to pay, which I think is very patriarchal and messy and kind of gross, but the men are paying and, or did you pay a subscription or did you hire a matchmaker? No, I hired the matchmaker. It was a little different from what you're talking about. I know, I know what kind of you're talking about. That's the one my dad wants me to do. (laughs) I think I actually signed up for it, (laughs) but they were like, oh, you're not what they're looking for. I'm sorry. Oh. They want, no, they want like little trophy bimbo or maybe that's me. A little bit, a little bit, but yeah. Frankly, also, a lot of these guys, even if they're in their 60s, still think they want more kids. Now, that's a lifestyle choice for them to deal with, but I don't want kids. Um, if, you, if they have a kid, cool, but I don't want to like make a new kid or get a new kid, you know? Yes. I had to think for a minute. <laughs> Right. Don't swipe up. Well, and I'm glad I'm glad you hired the matchmaker because when you go in as like the pool of daters, the reason why I didn't have a good experience is because you lose agency in the choices. Even though they claim that they're listening to what you want, um not really. You're you're getting matched to their clients' preferences. Right. So that's why I got frustrated because I didn't think they were listening to what I had asked for. And that's and, what I did I have, know. which was great. I signed up right. for a thing where she would give me six matches. Um, and we had extensive conversations about what I liked, what my history was, what I look for now, what any red flags, blah, blah, blah. And after each date, we would check in and she's like, okay, what went well and what did not go well? And like, what was right on and what was way off? And then it was funny because by the end, she's actually became a friend of mine, but by the end of it, she's like, I'm really getting, I'm really getting the kind of guy that I think you need to be with. And so, I mean, it was a process always, which I really appreciated. So why did you end it? Um, because it was, it was a six month thing or six, not a six month thing, but approximately six months. And, and I think I was just kind of like, Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. I mean, like it it keeps coming back to this. It's not that I don't want to date, but I don't want to treat dating, like trying to start dating as a job. I put in so much effort in so many things in my life that I'm willing to put in effort to dating, but to a, to a limit. And so after six months of this, I was like, I need a break. And then she got out of the business and whatever. So <laughs> I couldn't go back to her. Yeah. I think that 
you're hitting on something that is really important, especially for women who reach a certain age in their life. And I think you and I are peers. I'm 41. I don't know if you feel comfortable sharing your age. I'm but... 50. I just turned okay. 50. Mazel. Thank you. So, um, and so thank you for thinking that we're, you know, that maybe I wasn't quite contemporary. <laughs> I know. I just took 10 years off your life, thank girl. Y'all. So, yeah, I think, but I think that happens certainly for women. I think even it happens after 35. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But as you reach a certain age and you have solidified more things in your life based on what you want them to look like, you know, in your 20s, you're sort of like up in the air being like, I don't know where I want to live yet or I don't know what career I want. I'm, sampling different things. I'm going through different friends. I'm like, you're trying, you're trying on different personalities, but as you get older, you start to gel things. You're like, no, actually I really like the cobbled purple and I think I'm going to paint my walls purple. You know, you just like, I don't know, that was a weird like thing, but I took, my bedroom is purple and people comment on like how it's so, it's so girly. And I'm like, fuck you, you don't live here. Who cares? You know, <laughs> I like purple. So, you know, you start to gel certain things or like, no, I like this certain brand of shampoo. It's really silly, but we just, we decide things and then we set them. And I, I feel this, it's, this is going to be a little bit of a creepy metaphor, but I almost feel like my life coagulating a little bit. Like the older I get, I feel like certain things, they just keep kind of locking into place. Mm. And the more I old, the older I get and the more decisive I get, I feel great because I have made those choices and I have agency in them. But I'm fearful that I don't have enough flexibility or room to allow someone else in. I think a lot of, a lot of women who are not young, I don't want to say who are older. I don't know. Like some I know it's a cliche, but I do not feel my age. I really still feel like I'm running around and I want to make out with strangers in bars. And I guess that's not appropriate for (laughs) or reframe. It's just like eight the way that like we assume that age is a negative thing, like a older age, isn't it? But it's 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 not. It's it's just an age. It's not. But 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 we still have a lot of um, societal and cultural things that. I mean, listen. Everybody thinks Helen Mirren is hot AF, but. She's like the one so far, you know, it's not quite a cultural thing where women are saying older women are sexy. Women are saying older women are, or the society saying older women are, you know, ones that you want to desire. Um, But I think similar to you, it's not that I'm feeling like my life is coagulating per se, but it's just that the amount of shit that I will put up with is like (laughs) so low. There's also that. Yes. I'm like, at this point, I've been single this long. If someone comes in and there's like a major problem, why would I suck it up? Like, forget it. I'd like I said, I'd rather be alone than life's too short. Yes. That that is the other side of the coin. A hundred percent. Like my bullshit radar or my my tolerance for bad behavior and poor communication and things that just generally don't make me happy. Mm -hmm. Fuck it out the window. I'm done. I really I'm okay. And I'm also coming into myself as a person more, which I like, so I wouldn't want to necessarily sacrifice that. Although I do believe you have to make compromises in a relationship, I am not prepared any longer to compromise who I am. And I think when I'm younger, when you're younger, you're more willing to do that because you're like, you're trying to find the one that fits you. But maybe like you said, you don't really know what 100% you are yet. Now I know who I am. So A, there's fewer potential people out there, but I, I think it is more of a, you know, I'm, I'm just like, fine, you know, I'm, I'm cool with myself. I like me. I like, I think I'm freaking awesome, but I don't, I'm not also as fussed if, if I get rejected on an app or if someone I 
am interested in is not interested back. I'm like, oh, you're a loss. <laughs> Whereas yeah. when I was younger, I was like, why, why don't they like me? Why? You know. Yeah. Stupid. No, I agree with you. And I I think that is probably why you're having a hard time on the dating apps because mm-hmm. the bar for behavior well, no, the bar is high. I'm saying that like people come in with really low effort mm-hmm. and energy. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why people don't come in with their like best A game. I think maybe because people are embarrassed to actually show that they care or they want this thing. Yeah. Or people are bored. So they're doing it like I've seen, I'm sure you have the most terrible pictures where I'm like, I'm sorry, you just took this in your kitchen. There's no way anyone thinks that's a good photo. One, one of my biggest issues is how many men take their profile picture as a selfie sitting in their car. Oh my God. So yes, I talk about this all the time. Every single guy in his car. And I'm like, okay, are you that busy that you're like, well, before I turn the key, let me take my my profile picture. I shared this once on Instagram. I'm going to have to text it to you. (laughs) One guy's guy's profile was literally four pictures of him in the car in different outfits. And the fourth one, he was shirtless and holding a Corona. And I was just like, (laughs) Someone get this man an apartment because is, are you showing me the best version of yourself that I want to join that life? Are we just going to spend our entire lives in your vehicle? Yeah. Do you have a life? Do I you guess. have friends? Do you have a job? I mean, Do you have an apartment? I'm not sure. I think the thing, the reasons that you say are all true, but I also think it's our society, right? We all just like scroll on the socials, right? Nothing has lasting permanence. It's scroll, scroll, scroll. And, and we, we are like adapting to people who our attention spans are shorter. So I think it's that people don't care, but they also don't prize it. Like they don't think, oh, this is an opportunity for me to put my right. best foot forward. They don't understand that, I guess. Well, and I wonder if it's because there is no monetary value to it. Mm-hmm. Like someone like you who like actually made a monetary commitment to a matchmaker. That's like, like you said, that is dating as a job. That is saying, I've taken some of my money. I put it towards this thing. It would be terrible if I blew it off. But this mm-hmm. thing, you know, it's on our phone. We're looking at it like while we're waiting for the bus. It's maybe one of five dating apps you have. Mm-hmm. Like how much value can you put into it when it's sandwiched on the home screen between Instagram and TikTok? Right. And then there's also like even the people who say that they're looking for a relationship rather than like a hookup or friendship or whatever, well, nine times out of 10, you know, I I think that the majority of people are, are looking for something like looking for a hottie, you know, they're just scrolling down. Who's a hottie? Who's a hottie? Who's going to like, who's going to like me back? So we match so I can get some, I don't know. It just feels like it, it has that little bit of transactional cheap like seediness yeah cheap and seedy yeah so so like you know in the in the before app times (laughs) so i'll say it was like before covid is bc but in the before app times were you successful in meeting people out at bars as you say because i've heard a lot of people equally rail on how awful that was and how hard that was to do i mean i feel like i i met i i think when you're also like 20 years ago, you know, when I was in my 30s. <laughs> it sounds so long when I say it that way, but it seems it's like okay. yesterday. Wait, hold on, Annie. It is long. It's okay to say that. Like, you've lived a lot of lives. Like, 20 years. I, I'm going to my 20th 
a college reunion in June. And I was like, that's bananas to me. Yeah, it's like bonkers. a whole person's lifetime has passed. Oh, it's bonkers. Yeah. Since I was in college. Who let that happen? I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I I think in the before times, like I would meet more people doing my things that I would do. And now the random big circles are smaller. And as I said before, there's more people who are actually just coupled up already. So if I go to a bar now, let's put it this way. I think I'm, I think I'm pretty cute. But if I go to a bar now, the people who are looking to hook up are like 20 years younger than I am. You know, so right. I don't want to hook up with them um, or, you know, date necessarily good dating. And then the pool of people that I'm exposed to is a lot smaller. So I do think it's harder. And frankly, I'm based in New York. New York City just has this vibe of people always kind of, whether it's true or not, that they always have their radar open for the next hottest person or the next best thing that it yeah. just feels like people aren't actively looking to settle down for permanent, you know? So yeah, that's, but that's part of it too. Um, which is, you know, something that we talk about all the time. Like, and what I'm finding is like, New York is bad, but it's called, it's really just like dating in major cities. Mm -hmm. But the, the issue that we find is like going into bars now, um, is that the eyes are on the phone. Like we as humans don't know how to be alone. And so the eyes are not up. And if the eyes are not up around the room, you don't have the opportunity to, as you said earlier, catch eyes with someone and have mm-hmm. whatever that awesome noise was that you made that like, <laughs> like have that little moment you know it's like you have to deliberately cross the room and interrupt someone in whatever they're doing and maybe they're like in the middle of email drama you know what yeah, i mean yeah. or like accidentally on purpose bump into them to get their attention so there's there's more obstacles i think mm-hmm. than than ever before yeah so let me ask you, like, what's the, what's your intention going forward? What's the plan? Cause you, I mean, you love being single and I love that. And I love that that's why you're here, but I also know that like, you're looking for your person. So what are you thinking? I'm not asking you for a solution. Never, never, never would do that. But like, what's, what are you thinking? Like if, if the dating apps are not for you and we're having trouble meeting people in person, I don't know. You... I, I think it's a, it, it's something that I've kind of circled back to a few times over the years, you know, um, as I am, as I said, more historically single versus coupled up. Um, I think, honestly, I have to say, you know how they say, how RuPaul says, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love anyone else? And I have done a lot of work on myself and I am really happy with myself. So I do think that there's some of that, like, I think for other people, it might be getting more comfortable with themselves. But like you, I I have to make sure that I'm available to have someone, to welcome someone into my life. Yeah. And my very wise acting coach, um, who also runs like a workshop that has nothing to do with acting, once said to someone that if you want to make room for a person in your life and you're not sure how to do that, literally go into the bedroom and clear out a drawer. Even if you're dead single right now, make room for someone to come into your life, metaphorically and actionably. It's it's kind of the whole thing about putting stuff out into the universe. So you have to believe in that. But I really do believe that I'm the kind of person who offers a ton in a relationship, but I also will welcome a ton back that I should be in the relationship. 
but it's got to be the right one. So like, you know, I feel like that's the theme for me. So I guess for me, it's a vague answer to your question. I don't know how actionable it is. Maybe I should clear out that drawer. Um, no, I'm just, you're, so you're thinking the universe is going to bring it to you. I don't mean to smile because I was about to make a joke, <laughs> but what I mean is that like someone will ap- be appear at the right time for better for Yeah, I kind of, I mean, I, listen, I don't just sit on my butt. I do occasionally try to go on a dating platform. I do. If somebody ever calls me up and they're like, I think I have someone I want to set you up with. I always go. I always go. I, I can't tell you the last time a friend said that to me. It's, I, you're very lucky to have people like that. Well, it's life. been a while. <laughs> um, I don't think people set – I like we've talked about this on the podcast before. I don't think people are actively setting each other up anymore because people have gotten really weird about, quote-unquote, interfering with everyone's like dating lives. Yeah. I think that that's a dumb excuse. I think it's, I think it's that people are like, – like people are so insular and focused on themselves that they're not – it's not like a societal thing where you take care of the people around you, maybe. Um, yes. You know, I had, I did try to set up two people somewhat recently and I was like, Ooh, and I, I felt like I was on a TV show because I felt like I had to pitch it to each, each of them. <laughs> yeah. But saying like this person, like I, I need you to meet them. I need you to meet them and go on a date with them because just don't bother with the pictures because they're both attractive. Like, trust me, you're both attractive and you both have a lot going for you, but I think you're going to be like a puzzle piece that fits, but you have to trust me. And they never went on the date. <laughs> they didn't even go? No. They, like, That's I, super lame. I think they like, con- I think but they, people chicken out because it's not common anymore. It's just not a common thing that we do for each other anymore. I have had so many people on this podcast tell me that like they wish their friends would help them out. Like we're all struggling with the dating apps. Like what is their other way to do this? And like I literally have an episode called Hook a Girl Up. Like she's literally <laughs> like, yo, what's going on? And then I, you know, this was in the pandemic and we were like, why don't we have friend picnics? Like why don't we just meet in Central Park and everyone brings a friend? And she was like, "That's a great idea." And we never, we never fucking did it, but <laughs> but it was a great idea. But see, you I know? that I think that that's fantastic because then you don't have the pressure of trying to like have the people right. be aware that you're setting them up with someone. That was that was my problem with being set up. It's like just like you said, this person was pitched to me mm-hmm. as like the be all end all, and then I went on the date, and he he was a lovely human. He wasn't for me. Right. And I took that information back to the woman and she was, she got really upset. She was like, are, she thought like I was rejecting her. Maybe she was, took it personally. Like she, I wasn't rejecting him. I, it just wasn't a right match for me, but she got, she got really upset. And I was like, wow, if we're going to get really personal, if it doesn't work out, like I don't want the pressure of someone being like, because I understand, like, let's say, let's say I wanted to, to hook you up with Nathan. I was like, oh my God, I met this guy at this film festival. You guys are going to be so good together. And then you go on a date and you're not feeling it. Like now I feel like it's awkward. Like I'm like, mm, okay, so either I have to like apologize to, to my friend or I take it personally where you're like, what are you, are you not seeing the value that I see this person is, a, is wonderful. So yeah. it's, it's really, it's a really, really tricky spot to navigate yeah. where the friend has to be able to divorce themselves from the results. And again, I know? think that's because we're out of practice of this yeah. societal uh, experience. Yeah. You know? I will say if it makes you feel any better, and I've said this many times, so I don't 
I don't care about trash talking it again. The reason I don't like Bumble is because I was told once by a guy that um, the whole point of Bumble is that the power is supposed to go back in the woman's hands. So she, you know, you make the match and you get to start the conversation. But apparently that didn't sit well with some guys. And so instead of actually waiting to be matched, they just sit there and go swipe, swipe, swipe. They match on everybody and then wait to see who comes back to them. And then when you're like, hey, how are you? Um, I love going jet skiing too. Then they decide, nah, I'm not interested. Yep. And it's a way of taking the power back. Yep. And cause so I kept finding, I was like, I'm matching with these guys and messaging them and they never respond. Yep. And that's what he <laughs> told me. And I was like, motherfucker, they gamed the system. They took the control back. And so I was like, I'm outie. I'm, and also that they expire in 24 hours. Yeah. That whole, like, you have to respond to me. Like sometimes I don't have, you know, I'm busy that day. I've forgotten or something. I didn't like that either. So I think um, that, that was my issue with Bob Moore. I think yeah. that, that, that like everything you say is completely right. And um, it's still the same thing it, for me. I don't love it. Like I said, but sometimes I just feel like I have to do something. Yes. You know, again, just for that karma. Like I just got to keep putting it out there that, hey, I'm a little. But I also think that is a very female thing, a very, mm-hmm. a very female thing for a strong, driven accomplished woman, which you are, which, you know, like we have, we share that same energy as many of my guests are. These are women that take a look at their life and take responsibility for it and say, if something's not working for me, what can I work on? And being on the app and feeling like you're quote unquote doing something is a, is a bit of a balm. Like you're like, well, it's not my fault. (laughs) I'm trying. (laughs) You know what I mean? You know, I'm I'm also a wine professional, which I think you know. And I was just in Austria and talking with a wine producer. And we noticed that there were stacks of uh, wood stacked up on the side of the vineyard. And my study buddy and I were like, oh, what is the wood for? Is that against to light fires if there's frost? Because when there's a frost threat, it can wipe out the entire crop with one bad night. And so they will actually literally light fires in the vineyards to try to save the crop. And she said, oh, yeah, that's what that's there for. We don't, I mean, we do it. It doesn't work. And I was like, well, then why do you do it? And she says, because we have to feel like we're doing everything we can. So I, was, I think that's kind of the same thing. You know, sometimes I feel like going on the, on, the, on the apps is like lighting a fire in a vineyard. It may stop the frost. It may not stop the frost. But I kind of got to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and do it just in case. It's like simultaneously beautiful and tragic yeah. at the same time. <laughs> well, the good thing with that, though, is at least you get a bottle of wine at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I feel like you have at least one more – wine metaphor for dating in you. Oh, I have like 87 wine metaphors oh, for hit dating. Me. You got you to <laughs> share at least one. Well, it's not mine, but I think that, you know, somebody once said like, men are like grapes. You got to like stomp on them a little bit and throw them in a dark corner. And maybe in a year, they'll start to come around to something that you want to have dinner with. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> It's so dark. dark. I love it's it. It's not mine. I can't. I can't take the credit for that. But um, no, we're gonna we're gonna put it on a T-shirt. Yeah. But you know, that's amazing. One of the best things I learned from from working in wine is that you can't rush it. You know, it has to happen. Um, and if it's going to be any good, you can't try to fix it and shoehorn it into something, or else you're just going to manipulate it so much, and it'll be gross. So, 
it's got to be what it's going to be. And yeah, you know, um, and you know, what's so interesting. I wonder if your experience with wine and your knowledge of it has like subliminally or subconsciously affected your approach to dating. Like you just have an innate patience and peace with the process. I think so. And it is funny. My, one of my closest friends, I actually just saw him the other day. Um, one of my best gays as it were said to me a long time ago that he's like, Annie, out of everyone I've ever met, you are the, are the one person that doesn't play games. Like not because I don't know how, but just I'm not wired that way. So I think that, that I don't know if that has to do with the wine either, but like, Let's say yes. I don't have, I can't, I can't do it. I'll tell you what I think. I reserve the right to change my mind, but you're getting a hundred percent what's going on. Period. I, well, I think know. I think that's the, just the New Yorker in you. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's attribute it to wine. Okay, I think let's check in with Nathan. Yes, Nathan. See, I would love to hear what's <laughs> bubbling. Nathan, welcome back to the podcast. What came up for you? You can just I can oh hit, ask you questions, or you can just tell me things that you want to respond to. What's on your uh, mind? You definitely ask me some questions, but I'll say out the gate. Um, all right, so I hate the the app dating. I don't touch it. I haven't yeah. touched it in years. Years, um, okay. Years. I haven't touched it in years. Uh, what I think the last time I was on it was like summer of twenty twenty. I think was the last. Time. So yeah, like two years. Okay. Or, or five uh, minutes. Was, I mean, it is the pandemic time. <laughs> I was gonna say that doesn't count as real time. Um, um, and you know, a lot of people left because of covid but okay um yeah. and and why did you leave why did you because you were feeling like it was broken not working partially i mean you guys kind of hit on some of it and one of the pieces that i've always kind of shot back as to why i don't touch it anymore is all three of us our parents met fucked and had us without the need for an app or technology you know outside of maybe ivf or something but like they, they didn't need to sit there and like do that and I, I don't like the apps also because I think that it perpetuates uh, option paralysis. Mm -hmm. So the second that something starts going wrong or becomes difficult in a relationship, well, shit, you know, I've got a, you know, a cavalcade right here on my hand. Uh, I can go and swipe on. Right. I don't like it. It's, it's, it forces, it's, it's allowing people a, uh, an excuse to give up relationships take awesome. effort they take work yeah. and it's not always going to be good you know so how that, have you been you've been life. meeting people in real life yeah my last two girlfriends i met in real life um the one that i met uh before the pandemic the one that i met right when i stopped with the apps she was at a friend's birthday party and i met her um, and then, uh, we split up because I lost my job during the pandemic and it turned out that she was kind of what I call a lazy gold digger. Yeah. Mm. Oh, we get in the dirt, Annie. Oh my God. Okay. I need to go yeah. pour myself a glass uh, of wine for the rest of this. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't put in a lot of effort into like, cause I feel like with the term gold digger, like there's usually a presentation, like a, a package that gets put together, mm. uh, cause you're kind of fishing for that certain guy. Lifestyle. And, yes. Yeah. And she did not put that presentation together, but really what she wanted was just to remain kind of lazy about her life. And she wasn't ambitious. To be yeah. And she just wanted somebody to take care of her. And, and then 
Sorry to interrupt you, but to be fair, a lot of women are raised to expect a man to come in if they're straight at some point and help complete their lives. That's sort of a social expectation that is still present and active today. It is weird when you find like when you find women like that in urban cities, I think, but there are still a lot of women that are waiting for a man who has a good job and is well paid and all the nine to come in and marry them. Ladies, cut life. that shit out. I can't. Then the one after I met also in real life, she, which was a, a bit of an overcorrection. She was far too young for me. I'm 37. I'm going to be 38 in a couple months. She That's was 23. Happens. She was 23 oh. when we started dating and yeah, like turned 24 halfway through it. Like no offense to, it's not gender specific. All 23, 24 year olds are fucking idiots. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. And they're, yeah. they're selfish and you know, they don't fight. They don't know how to fight for something and they don't know, you know, they've never been through anything, you know? So, so it's, yeah. On that topic, like how were you feeling when Annie and I were talking about like getting older makes dating harder because you simultaneously become more specific about your life and what you want. And also because you, your, your barrier for what is okay becomes a lot stronger and tougher to push through. Yeah. Um, I is agree. Is that the same I, with I, men? Like, or is that just like, <laughs> is that just uh, like as women get older, they become more difficult to date? <laughs> No, I, I wouldn't put it on women. I, I'd say that it just overall, I think as we get older and if you spend the majority of your time being single, then you've really kind of established yourself. Like I, yeah. I just told somebody, I, I told a woman this not too long ago that I I created my house and I, I was talking about me. Like, And I, I don't need anybody to be a part of this because I, I built it. I run my life. I, you know, make movies on the side of also having a full-time job. And, uh, believe it or not, I can go and take a shower and get dressed by myself too. Like I don't, I don't need anybody. Right. Um, but to something that Annie said earlier was, you know, I don't need anybody, but yeah, I get lonely and I would like my person. Right. Totally. You know, and I, as much as I am wanting and looking and, uh, open to it's, it's harder now because, it's it's you're running into the same thing you know because the woman had actually opened it up and said it to me first and i responded with you know my you know i kind of built my house type of thing but um she was saying you know something similar she goes i i don't need anybody i make more money than i know what to do with but i'm lonely and i want somebody to be around and you know yeah that was that was that um so I think what ends up happening is I think we end up in a position and I'm, I'm really just kind of hitting this now that the the need for concessions is, and I don't want to say like settling, but you're not going to get all the things that you want once wanted in a partner. And maybe it's going to sacrifice physical attention or the acts of service or whatever it is that you might be looking for. But I think ultimately you're, we, we're getting to a point age-wise where we, we're, we're not dating in our 20s where we have nothing else to do but be with our person because right. we don't have the money to do other stuff. We're used to being alone. I think that's an interesting point, too, is that when, when you're younger, you have you seem to have like all of these non-negotiables and this is what I'm looking for. And it's A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And right now I have two things I want. Number one, I want to be with someone who 
thinks I'm the shit who I think is the shit. And then I want to be each other's biggest cheerleaders. Yeah. And those are different things that I wanted 10 years ago or 20 years ago. But the other stuff, like Nathan said, will will trickle in. And maybe, maybe there ends up being something that ends up being a problem down the line. But I think that those core things of like why you're with another human should be, in my opinion, because you think they're just a freaking awesome person and they feel the same way and that you want to make, help them live the best life they can. And they want to do the same for you. And that's what I want to do for somebody else. Chris Rock has a great bit about it uh, recently. I think it was on uh, his special uh, tambourine where he's like, you know, relationships aren't difficult. You know, two people can move a couch real easy. It's not about a, a competition. You know, your success is her success and her success is your success. Quit competing. And I think that there's still a level of competition that gets seen. So, yeah. So I have a question for you. Sure. Going back to, so when you were on the apps, were mm-hmm. you ever on Bumble? I was on Bumble. I was on Hinge. I was on Hinge and Bumble. Those were the, the two main ones. And what was your experience as a straight male on Bumble? I met some people. Um, I, I didn't do the, the, the over swiping, you know, and waiting, you know, to take control. Okay. Of the... I mean, that's, I was trying to lead you, but not lead you. <laughs> I, I kind of figured that's where you're going to go with it. He's smart. Were you, <laughs> he's he's yeah. all right through uh, that. <laughs> no, I, I, I had some success with it. I, I met a woman who I still consider a friend. We don't talk a lot, but she was very nice. So we just weren't overly compatible. And I, I actually tried setting her up with, uh, a friend of mine, um, speaking of, setting friends, setting up friends. Wow. Uh, look at that tie in. Oh my God. Yeah. Go. I love that. Uh, Pay it forward. Like all your shitty yeah. matches that don't work, Annie, <laughs> you just got to send them over to me, girl. <laughs> but she's, she's not a, she, she wasn't necessarily a shitty match. She like, no, she's a great person. It just, it's the, like, it just wasn't a match, but like I, going back to like the user experience, do you like, sure. do you like women messaging you first, even though, so it's like taking it out of your control a little bit. Yeah, sure. Why not? No, it doesn't bother me. I, I, yeah. Okay. I was just curious. That's all. No, I, I like forward women. Honestly. Um, <laughs> if you, if you like what you, if you want something and you want to say, let's do something, then let's do something. Yeah. I you mean, know, it's I not think, even, I think the point is that like everybody likes a person that puts in the effort first. Do you know what I mean? So by, by swiping on everybody, you like, you diffuse the, the fun part about it. Like, by being able to say like, no, I like you. I've, this is my issue with all of the apps. And like, I'm, I'm only on hinge right now because I just like can't with all of them is that everybody, and maybe you guys are, well, Annie, you don't know, (laughs) but, um, everyone's just sort of liking photos. It's like a big game of like Instagram a little bit, but no, like liking a photo doesn't to me have any value. Like, you're just like, cool. Thank you. You liked my photo. We don't know why aesthetically you liked my pants I don't know you thought my the view was cool we don't really know but there's no message attached to it right so I'm if someone will like my photo I'm not I'm gonna be like I will open the gate for you to let you say something to me so I will match with people but I won't say anything and 99% of the time I never have a conversation with those people they just go Hmm. away 
Yeah, if I ever liked a photo on Hinge, I always sent it with a message. So it was like, you know, here's a picture of me and, you know, on the Amalfi Coast. I would write something like, the Amalfi Coast is a destination spot for me. How did you like it? Well, that's because you're an interesting and charismatic and normal human being. (laughs) And going back to what we're saying is that, like, I feel like, Annie, I'm sure I agree with you, is like Mm -hmm. a lot of women I'm speaking to are getting some very low-value human beings. Yeah, Nathan, we need to clone you. And make you a bunch of different <laughs> ages and then get you out there and turn around all of these horrible experiences that most women are having. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I appreciate that, but I'm I'm not I don't think I'm a picnic either. I, <laughs> I think I'm coming to realize that. <laughs> yeah. It's we're, uh, we're all we're all flawed humans. It's yeah. okay. I, since I have the two of you, I'm gonna ask you a question because I'm curious I've talked to a couple people, but I'm curious to know how your thoughts are on it since this is like kind of a feminist leaning podcast, what is your take on a person saying that they really only want to be in a relationship if the option of an agreed upon don't ask, don't tell policy exists or open relationship? I think open personally, I've seen a lot of profiles where people are like, I'm in a, they even have like a, an, an acronym for it now, like a emotionally something open relationship. And I've, honestly always felt that these are, and it's usually the men that seem to lean with it. Of course, those are who I'm looking for online. I don't know if women lead with that as well, but I feel like an open relationship is having your cake and wanting to eat it too. You can make the argument, and perhaps this is true, that maybe we're not destined to be monogamous with only one person. I would I would entertain that discussion. But for me, I want to be in a committed relationship with a single part with a one individual person so uh, that that to me is like you why are you even I put that on my profile I don't I don't I'm not here to hook up I'm not here to just have sex with you while you have the intellectual conversations with your other girlfriend so I I I think that there I would be interested in having a conversation with someone who want who really believes in open relationships but um to me it's a little bit of a wishy-washy you don't want to really commit thing i think to me the like the don't ask don't help aspect of is really strange because i think the stigma of being poly or being in an um i think the phrase you're looking for was like ethically non-monogamous yeah so being in an ethically non-monogamous relationship is is especially in new york like it's cool green light like people are into it like the world is new right like you do you you do what makes you happy take that need to have one person check all the boxes off the table so why do why the secrecy right you know what i mean that's my that's my my hesitancy is i feel like when somebody says that i'm like is everybody everybody has to be everybody has to be on the same page yeah are we do we all know we're in an open relationship or just you've decided right but that's the scary thing like i haven't been in a relationship in 10 years and this is what one of my big fears about getting back into one is like now that we so back when i was in my relationship obviously we had phones but not with not iphones and not with apps there's so much more secrecy that can happen now and anytime someone as you said nathan is like remotely displeased even just in the moment even if you fight and you make up in that moment that person can choose to 
go into their private life in their phone and find someone else to make them feel better. That like, that's a big fear of mine. So my, the reason I asked was, so I, my history with most of my relationships and I've changed a lot, but like I've been cheated on a lot and there's, and I've been what I, I, I've referred to as abandoned and whatnot. And this wait, woman, oh, wait, who, hold on, hold on. I just want to pause for a second and honor the fact that sure. you use the word a lot. Yes. I'm sorry you had that experience. That's a horrible thing to go through once and it's a horrible thing to go through many times and it's really awful to hear that that's happened a lot to you. It sucks. <laughs> I mean like, you yeah. know, so there's No, like yeah. I don't I just say that, I, yeah. you know, like we brush it off, but I just want to like honor the fact that like it's okay to say that that is like very not okay. Mm -hmm. Anyway, carry I, on. I appreciate it. So th there's a there's a woman who I've been I don't want to say casual, but um, we've been kind of dipping our toe into seeing each other, you know, once a week, twice a week, whatever. We talk a lot. And uh, last night she brought it up where I expressed that I, one thing about that, that really hits, like, it's a trigger for me is I, I can't hear about like your past sexual life. I, I, I know that we, we've all had sex. I know that we're probably going to run into an ex. I don't want to think about it. Mm -hmm. So I mentioned that. And she was like, whoa, well, I believe that, you know, monogamy isn't necessarily meant for humans. And some of my best relationships were don't ask, don't tell or open relationships. And what I didn't say snarkily was, yeah, how are those successful relationships going, by the way? Yeah. Good um, choice. Good choice. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you held uh, back in the moment. Yep. Okay. Well, she might have said, she might have said, I'm still in all of them. Hey, there you go. <laughs> You know, so like, and I'm not a jealous person. Like, I don't care how many guy friends you have. If you go skinny dipping and, you know, there's, you know, half of you are men. I don't give a shit. You know, everyone has their own triggers and everyone has their own boundaries. And like the, you guys were mixing a nice little fruit bowl of all sorts of it's not even apples and oranges. There's all sorts of things happening in there because um, talking about person's personal sex history has nothing to do with whether you want to be ethically non-monogamous in the future. Do you know what I mean? Like, sure. because you wouldn't necessarily share your sexual experiences with your other partners with the partner that's in front of you. Yeah. So Ugh. that's just like a boundary and communication mishmash to me. And I don't know if she, I don't want to like speak for her. I don't know if she was like trying to test you, but um, it, it just sounds like you guys need to have a clearer conversation about, what your boundaries are and what you what you want for the future you know i don't know thoughts annie <laughs> it's it's just like one of those other things where i think you have to um be with someone who is philosophically on that same page because i do think like you're implying jeanette it's a, opening up a can of worms if you're not on that same page and there could be a little bit of flexibility perhaps but um you know for me loyalty is an important thing. And I didn't even know how important loyalty was as a, as a attribute in a partner until my ex, my ancient ex at this point, so long ago, but I never even knew it. He, I knew he would be so loyal. I, he would never have to talk about it. If he had his fantasy celebrity crush naked on top of him being like, Annie will never know. He would be like, no, he, I just innately that he was not built that way. Um, yeah. So, I mean, this conversation brings up for me is I need to feel like I can trust that person. And if there is a lot of gray area about who you're sleeping with or spending intimate time with, not even physical time, that's going to feel 
like disloyalty to me and betrayal of me. So I'm like, fine, if you want to have sex with that person, great, we will break up. And then you can go have sex with that person. And then if you decide you don't want to do it and you want to come back to me, then we can have that conversation and it might happen or it might not. But, you know, by all means, like if that's something you feel strongly about, then go for it. But you're just not going to do it while I'm in the picture. I don't judge that. But I think for yeah. for Nathan, like, yeah, you have to say like, this is something I'm not as comfortable with. I've been burned by it before. I'm not really psyched to get burned again. And so, you know. Yeah. Or just no, I, I, fully, I fully this. agree with you. I just wanted to hear it from two other people. <laughs> um, or you could just play her this podcast is really what's going to go. It's going to be like, oh, no, I, I literally am calling her in 45 minutes. <laughs> uh, it'd be better just like have a, like set her up on a Friday night date and then be like, I just want to play you something. <laughs> I'm kidding. Don't do that. Don't do that. And then we're going to watch um, Romancing the Stone. Anyway, it's been, uh, it's been delightful talking to you both final thoughts. Um, since we we've gotten very deep, I should say about our personal desires and what we want. I just wanted to hear your final thoughts on like just something that you want for the rest of the year. And you can answer that however you want. Well, I, I can answer this because when you first said that, 10 things popped into my head that were not a relationship. So what I do, okay. what I want for the rest of the year is to be able to um, be open and invite a relationship to me in spite of these 10,000 other things that are going on in my life. Because beautiful, like you said before, a relationship is not a separate thing. You have to have it. Or Nathan said it. I kind of, it's like, it's like part of, part of everything right? It's not, it's not completely separate and compartmentalized. Or if it is, I don't want that one. <laughs> Beautiful. And Nathan? I only have one that's popping into my head and I, I feel so mushy about it. Really, the only thing that I would love to have for the rest of the year is, you know, to feel loved by somebody who wants to have me in their life and doesn't feel the need to have me in their life. You know, so I, that I, that's really the only thing that I feel like is, I don't want to say missing, but you know, like I said, I have everything that I need, but I do yeah. get lonely sometimes. But it's a so. beautiful, it's a beautiful mantra. Like it's a really nice yeah. way to just really state what it is you want. So, um, yeah. thank, thank you guys for sharing that with me on that note. Um, well, what about so, you? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, uh, no, I'm put on the spot. I'm the host <laughs> of the podcast. I get to ask all the questions. What do I want for the year? Um, I want something to come into my life that energizes me, makes me excited and makes me grateful to be alive, living my life in New York city. Love it. Someone, something literally. (laughs) Yes. Whoever, whatever universe heard me. Bring me something good. Like bring me something like Santa Claus. Deliver something what nice into my is? life. <laughs> yes. Um, I'll yes. I'll also take what I said, but if I, I I think I also just want to make out. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm around. I really, really you miss you. Let me know. <laughs> We're gonna have a good summer. Yeah. <laughs> go, go go to a bar. You'll find somebody. <sighs> Am oh, I gonna honey, f- come, yeah, well. come to New York and we'll start the conversation yeah. over again. I'll go to Chicago. Chicago's great. I'm sure Chicago's equally as hard, but you know. I feel like Um, Seattle. Seattle would be a good place for me to Let's all go to Seattle and find people to make out with. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
Annie and Nathan, it was my delight to connect you guys. Um, I'm so glad we got to have this one-on-one conversation with you. It's so it's, I love talking to other single people because it makes me feel less alone and I'm trying to figure things out. So um, I'm so glad to be able to bring this energy back to the audience of Hashtag Single. So thank you for saying yes and for being open to sharing your vulnerable lives with a complete stranger. I appreciate it. Of course. Well, I feel Thanks like Nathan and I are, are buddies now. So we could, you yeah. are, you're yeah. going to have to be, you're yes. bonded for life. We need to know what's going on with Don't Ask, Don't Tell Girl, which let's rephrase that because I hate, let's not bring Bill Clinton into this. I have drama around that phrase. That is a trigger phrase for me. So let's eliminate that. I'm sending you good juju for that conversation. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. <laughs> and virtual uh, if you champagne. Guys, <laughs> yeah, send us all to me. Yeah. Uh, if you guys like this episode, if it made you feel better, if it made you feel more at peace with your single life, please consider rating, reviewing, give us a thumbs up, send me a DM and just tell me you made your day. As always, you can join us over on Instagram at hashtag single pot, where we are having all the fun conversations and memes and, and silliness around single dating and life. And we will come back in two weeks with a brand new episode with a guest expert for May. Till then, we will catch you next time time.